This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik. It's our Doctor in the House segment today with my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist. George, how are you? I'm very excited about today's program. So yes. we've been pushing the envelope since the beginning of the year. Right? Yeah, so this came uh, from some news um, and, and we've had so many conversations about um, whether the healthcare system is able to serve the needs of our population in all aspects, um, not just in terms of uh, human resources, but also infrastructure. And recently, Bukigasing um, State Assembly member Rajiv Rishikaran called for the Ministry of Health to construct a new general hospital for Pataling Jaya. And he pointed out that University Malaya Medical Centre, which is the only public hospital currently for PJ, that alone is not enough to support the needs of the city's residents. So, um, YB Rajiv is on the show with us today in the studio and also joining us on Zoom, former health minister and co-chair of the Health White Paper Advisory Council, Tansri Dr. S. Subramaniam. And we'll be discussing how the government should assess a community's needs when it comes to the establishment of healthcare facilities and how the government would weigh these needs um, against other considerations like funding and staffing. Um, Tansri and Rajiv, thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks, Arkin, for calling again. Yes. Um, so, uh, in fact, perhaps I can start with you, Tansri, um, from your experience um, with the health ministry. Could you explain to us the different levels, or in, in a sense, the types of hospitals that our healthcare system actually has? Because we're not just talking about one homogenous entity. There are different levels and types and they serve different kinds of needs. Could you sort of very quickly walk us through that? Okay, exactly. Uh, basically, in the healthcare, within the ministry is divided into various uh, functions. Uh, some are preventive, some are promotive, some are curative. So under the curative, the treatment-based entities, we have got uh, primary healthcare, we've got secondary healthcare, tertiary healthcare, and some claim themselves to quaternary healthcare. So in that sense, uh, primary healthcare is predominantly uh, taken care by the family medicine section of the Ministry of Health, uh, which we call the clinical assistants uh, for different uh, levels, tiers of them. We've got the largest polyclinics, then we've got clinical uh, assistants one, two, and three, and then we've got the rural health clinics. All of them, to some extent, are involved in, in primary health care. Hospitals basically provide what we call secondary and tertiary and probably above tertiary kind of healthcare. So most of the hospitals gear towards that. Uh, and uh, in that, if you see some hospitals, uh, historically, in the very, very rural areas, have been functioning without specialist, uh, specialized services. They had uh, medical offices running it. But over a period of time, that is changing. Most of these hospitals have got some uh, specialists in the the main uh, fields like medicine and surgery and obstetrics being involved. Then we have those hospitals which traditionally had these services uh, with orthopedics and pediatrics. And then later, of course, we have the tertiary hospitals. We have other services like cardiothoracic surgery, cardiology, neurology, neurosurgical services, uh, and all those kind of services. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, this different level of expertise, different level of services is a structured uh, system 
And if you look broadly as your case, if you look at whether all these hospitals are congested, you will find the less, uh, the more rural and uh, hospitals uh, which provide uh, basic services, uh, they still have a lot of capacity within themselves. The congestion level is mainly in the larger hospitals in the big cities, uh, which have got a very high level of bed occupancy, some of them exceeding the 100% mark. And uh, so we have got this uh, uh, discrepancy in the utility of its well, Dantri, you just described the Ministry of Health kind of like a umbrella of service provision. What, is there any difference between Ministry of Health and Ministry of Higher Education, like, for example, in UKM and UM? Most uh, of the Ministry of Higher Education hospitals are either tertiary or quaternary care. Uh, they have got very small role in uh, playing and uh, having primary care set up or, or, or smaller hospital services. Mm-hmm. which I think is not very extensive and uh, not uh, able to meet the demands uh, of the population. Mm-hmm. So now that we are familiar with the structure, Rajiv, then how what does that structure look like in the PJ context? What is the healthcare landscape for residents of Petaling Jaya? Okay, so Petaling Jaya is big. I represent Bukit Gassing. It's mm-hmm. the constituency at the heart of PJ Town, uh, from PJ Old Town all the way up to Section 19 next to SS2. In our constituency, we do not have a clinic kesehatan or a GH or any other form of government mm-hmm. uh, healthcare. We do have next door at the uh, PPUM mm-hmm. uh, in University of Malaya. But this hospital, uh, while having served most of us, including myself, I've been a patient there. My mm-hmm. children have been patients there. Uh, my parents uh, have been patients there. It is overcrowded today. Mm-hmm. It is very overcrowded. Um, and it is different uh, from the Ministry of Health facilities from the angle of pricing. So uh-huh. once upon a time, it was similar, I think when I was really young. Um, but today, there's a huge discrepancy in pricing and it is quite expensive. And as an elected rep, I constantly get residents coming to me for help. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, hospital bill, not talking the private wing, the right. the public wing, uh, is is rather pricey. So we're talking about uh, more than five thousand ringgit uh-huh. bills. Uh, in fact, sometimes more than ten thousand ringgit bills. Mm. Right. I mean, Rajiv, I'm a little bit surprised for two reasons or things that you, the remarks you make. First of all. Uh-huh. Why in such a big uh, constituency of PJ that we don't actually have a general hospital, district general hospital? And the second thing is that can you elaborate a little bit? Why is there a discrepancy in payment scheme between essentially, you know, a public service, really? I think Tan Sri might be better equipped uh, to give us the background of this. Uh, but uh, they... There hasn't been one from from the get go, from the beginning. Uh, and what is the population of the, your area, at least? Uh, my constituency, maybe about a hundred thousand, slightly more than that. We have twenty five thousand houses in my constituency. The whole Petaling Jaya is seven hundred thousand people, uh-huh. and uh, Petaling Jaya probably never had one because uh, the assumption that the University Hospital will take that role. Uh, to provide healthcare uh, to the residents of PJ. So there's one in Selayang, Sungai Buloh, Serdang, Sha'alam. These are the nearest general hospitals around us, including uh, KL, 
uh, GH. All of these hospitals are between half an hour to one hour drive, depending on off-peak or peak hour traffic. Mm. Uh, and the nearest one is uh, PPM. So in the centre of this ring of hospitals in the Klang Valley, there isn't a general hospital. So if you imagine the map of the Klang Valley, you've got Selayang Sungai Bulu in the north to Shah Alam. You've got Putrajaya and Sedang Hospital in the south. You've got Kajang Hospital. It's it's in a ring. Um, it's in a ring with the middle uh, being a bit empty. So Subang Jaya, Puchong, Sunway to Petaling Jaya, these areas are a bit in a dark spot. Mm. Which have many private hospitals, which we'll get to They do have later. private hospitals. Yeah. And we have, we yeah. have a huge segment of T20 uh, upper middle class residents who would prefer to use this uh, private hospitals, no mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge market for that. But at the same time, we have a lot of uh, price sensitive, lower income uh, households mm-hmm. in yeah. this area. Yep. And they are priced out of healthcare. All right, we will go for a quick break first and continue this conversation when we come back. My co-host, Dr. George Lee, in the studio with me for our Doctor in the House segment today. We are joined by Tansri Dr. S. Subramaniam, former Health Minister, and YB Rajiv Rishikaran, Adun for Bukit Gassing, and we are discussing whether... University Malaya Medical Centre has enough capacity to serve the needs of the community of Pataling Jaya as well as some parts of Kuala Lumpur or whether Pataling Jaya should actually have its own public hospital and what would be the considerations that would come into making such a decision. Stay tuned for Health and Living when we come back from this break, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik, and my co-host for the Doctor in the House segment today, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist. In the studio with us are YB Rajiv Rishikaran, Adun for Bukit Gassing, and joining us also on Zoom, Tansri Dr. S. Subramaniam, former Health Minister and Co-Chair of the Health White Paper Advisory Council. We are discussing, uh, there have been some calls for Pataling Jaya to have its own public hospital, and we're looking at how the government would assess a community's needs when it comes to establishing new healthcare facilities. And uh, before the break, George actually asked the question, why has such a large constituency of Pataling Jaya never had its own um, general hospital or, or some sort of uh, public hospital to speak of? And perhaps, Tansri, um, you could provide us some context to your knowledge. Um, Pataling Jaya with many very... Um, established communities, why has it never had its own uh, public uh, hospital and what kind of indicators would the government look at to determine whether an area or a population needs a public hospital to serve its community's needs? I think uh, YB Rajiv has uh, rightfully stated that for long until now, uh, the perception within the government system whether it's a hospital run by Ministry of Health or run by the Ministry of Higher Education, it is under the government, still funded by the General Consolidated Fund under the Ministry of Finance. So it has been taken for granted that university hospitals are public hospitals serving the needs of the people within the region. So that might be one main reason why they need to build another hospital next to it did not come. But uh, I think rightfully stated, over the years, the way university hospital functions has changed and its role has changed. 
So the issue is here is how to manage and transform university hospital back to a hospital. See, university hospital does a few services. One is it's a hospital supposed to serve the people. Number two is a teaching hospital. It's supposed to also teach, not only undergraduates, also postgraduates, a major postgraduate uh, uh, teaching center. Thirdly, it's also a research center. It's a, one of the leading research centers of medical sciences within the country. And uh, if you compare, so okay, for example, KL, GHKL, uh, GHKL has got about 2,300 beds. Uh, University Hospital has got about 1,600 beds. Uh, so maybe University Hospital about 60, 65% of beds of uh, GHKL. But you look at the funding, the budgeting, uh, GHKL gets about 1.3 to 1.5 billion a year in terms of budget. Uh, whereas uh, University Hospital gets about 450 to 500 million. So there's a, a, a big gap in, in the budget, but I don't know how the utility is, whether it's the same or not. For example, uh, whether uh, payment for salaries comes within this or payment for the goes under a different budget. I'm not sure how the allocation of uh, the utility of this budget there. So obviously, the issue here is the, the underfunding of industries. Actually, the solution to that will be how to increase the funding of industry hospital so it can actually play these three roles which is playing the service, teaching, and research in a well-coordinated and effective manner. Uh, there has to be extra funding given to it and extra development to it. That means how can university or goes back to a better budgeted situation where they will be able to provide free service to the poor. And of course, when they do that, the capacity might be needed to increase. As a government as a whole to look at it, Ministry of Higher Education per se, I don't think they are able to solve this problem because you compare the budget for Ministry of Health to Ministry of Higher Education, there's a big difference. So there has got to be an overhaul of government approach from the Ministry of Finance, the economic planning uh, group, and uh, even Ministry of Health and Ministry of Higher Education to see how this issue can be resolved. I welcome that that comments from uh, a former minister of the Ministry of Health. It's refreshing to hear uh, someone from the Ministry of Health background conceding that there is a huge discrepancy in allocation to University Hospital that results in University Hospital having no choice but to do something to make ends meet. So. I, I do sympathize with the management of University Hospital. So I welcome, if, if the government can allocate the fair amount of financing as it does to GH, as to the University Hospitals, we can reduce that price disparity. But even today, uh, based on an answer in Parliament a few years ago, uh, University Hospital is already overcrowded, uh, designed for 600,000 patients a year. It is seeing in excess of 900,000 patients a year. If we rectify the pricing discrepancy, that demand is even going to go up to maybe 1.2 million patients a year for a hospital designed for 600,000 people. It does not just serve PJ, it serves KL. Mm -hmm. Because there is the whole uh, cream cheese, uh, the whole half of KL, which is nearer to University Hospital compared to KLGH, that will naturally come here. Now, it's, it's very viable to expand University Hospital, they actually, the University grounds does have land and you can build new wings and add to the capacity of the existing University Hospital. 
But if you're going to spend a lot of money on actually expanding uh, facilities, we could consider putting that new building uh, maybe in the Sunway area or the Desamantari area, where it is much nearer to the lower income portion of the Klang Valley. Um, and these areas are about half an hour away from University Hospital today. So rather than centralise one very huge University Hospital at its current location, we could have the current University Hospital maintain its size, reduce its price to be comparable to GH, and we could have the extra buildings be built as a second hospital, maybe at the Taman Medan. I'm not even asking it to be in my constituency. I'm saying it, it could be somewhere in PJ that is more strategic, uh, Kampung Lindungan area. Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunities uh, in that part of PJ uh, to find the right land uh, to build the hospital over there. Tansri, what are the considerations from the Ministry of Health's perspective to build a hospital? Land is one thing. What kind of investment does the Ministry of Health need to put in? Yes, okay. This uh, wanting hospitals in different different areas is actually uh, something which most leaders in every area want. Of course, we ask most MPs or most assemblymen. Majority of them would want more hospitals, more clinics uh, in the area. And of course, as far as the ministry are concerned, uh, it is hurdle uh, its own constraints in trying to believe it. I'll just put you in broad concept. In the Trump Malaysia plan, which is supposed to finish in 2025, uh, has earmarked that we should get 2.06 beds per 1,000 person. That is the targeted one. Uh, as it's uh, it's uh, point for total number of beds which we have in the country. I'm not talking about distribution, which area is which, but total number of beds which we have. And if you look at that uh, that target, as far as uh, 2000, 2021 and all that, there was this figure which was given was uh, 2.0102. And then if you look at recent development, I did some calculation. We're probably very close to the 2.06. So we probably reached the target of 12 Malaysia plan. But my what point I want to tell you, which comes to about uh, uh, 81,000 beds total, I think currently we have uh, nearly 70 over thousand beds total in Malaysia. So it will reach. But the question is, what is the target which we should put? Is 2.06 a reasonably ambitious target or it should be higher? So this is a big question because uh, if you look at upper middle income countries like Malaysia, what should be the average number of beds which you should have? Uh, if you take the average of uh, other countries which have similar economy comes to about 3.6 beds for one power. Okay, but as a compromise, I think uh, we take countries like Singapore, uh, even countries like United Kingdom and US and all that. If we 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 target 2.5 beds per one thousand, which I feel is a reasonable uh, number of beds to target for, which is much more than 2.06, which was targeted in in 12 Malaysia plan. Uh, that would mean that we will require another maybe seventeen to 18,000 beds overall in the country to meet up the needs, okay? But I think that that 2.5 beds per 1,000 is, I think, is a reasonable number of figure, uh, taking into consideration the demographic changes of illnesses which is happening in the country. Mm. PJ has got a huge number of retired community. Uh, then, of course, 
the the width sizes. For example, you take uh, countries like Japan. Japan has got 13 beds for thousand. You know, uh, compared to our 2.06, uh, which is targeted in our 12th Malaysia plan. That is because the number of Japanese, uh, the lifespan of Japanese is so much more higher. So we need to take that into consideration. So why did the government decide to have 2.06 for 12th Malaysia plan and not 2.2 or 2.15? Why? At last, it goes back to money, these finances, right? So the average cost of building a public hospital, the bed cost, comes to nearly 1.3 to 1.5 million ringgit per bed, per bed. Private hospitals might be slightly cheaper, could be 1 million. So the government in planning uh, has to take that into consideration and its affordability to, to, to invest. So if you take the, the, the figure I told you, if you take 2.5 beds per thousand, and you take this cost of 1.4 or 1.5 billion, we probably require 23, 24 billion ringgit to bridge this gap between the 2.5, 2.05 to 2.25 we have to reach to a target of 2.25 at the cost of building one bed at 1.3 to 1.5 million ringgit, you require uh, nearly 25 to 30 billion ringgit. So now goes back to the, the real question of the day, is the government able to afford this amount of money purely for the purpose of building hospitals? If you look at the overall allocation of our budget, the last budget, uh, the government actually allocated more than 10% of the total budget towards healthcare. Now the question is, can the government give more than 10% to 12% to 30% of the total budget towards health costs so that it can meet up to these uh, requirements and these expectations? It's a very difficult question, right? So we are stuck, in Malaysia we have stuck, because from the start we have allowed people uh, to develop this idea that healthcare will be delivered in the public sector free of charge at the point of delivery. Mm -hmm. We have given this perception and that's a very deep ingrained feeling in the mindsets of Malaysians, uh, even among those who can afford and those who cannot afford. Mm -hmm. Because of this thing which we have done, to reverse it into different alternate forms of financing, which could generate more income towards capital expenditure, is, is, is a big challenge. I'll, I'll stop there. Tantri, just to answer your curiosity, half of my electorate is actually senior citizens. My schools in Bukit Gasing, we have 21 schools in my constituency. Many of them are less than 100 students today. We are seriously aging in that part of PJ, and that adds to the to the shortage mm. uh, and the long queues and the long waiting times. In fact, yeah. Rajiv, can you share some stories of how you say your constituents have been priced out of healthcare? Mm. What are the actual problems that they are experiencing? So the problem is with the with the cost, and oftentimes when it's. Uh, maybe elective enough, they have to pay first mm -hmm. or they have to pay uh, a portion uh, before the treatment can be done. So before you get your x-ray, you pay for your x-ray. Uh, before you get an MRI scan, you pay for it. Um, and they come to their elected reps for help, mm -hmm. for financial help. And when it's university hospital, I try to help. Uh, I try to help as much as I can. And the Slango government has a scheme, Bantuan uh, Sehat Slango, to help uh, with this kind of expenses, recognizing that 
uh, this problem exists. So for those in the public wing, uh, if you need to go for surgery and uh, you need to pay three or seven thousand ringgit or whatever the figure is, uh, we try to help defray the cost. Uh, and it's case by case. Uh, in some cases, we do help in full. But um, some families, they, they have to use their savings. And I think it's it's a bit unfair that in while everyone suffers long waiting times in the Klang Valley, you know, from Klang to Kajang, everywhere is congested in the Klang Valley. But in this portion of the Klang Valley, your access to uh, government healthcare is significantly more expensive. So that's not that's not right. It should be a fair. If if let's say we have not enough money to provide um, the same MRI scans to everyone who's in need of an MRI scan, then everyone should pay a little bit more to mm-hmm. make the numbers work. Uh, but now it's a case where if you are in a driven part of the country, you pay significantly less if you're in Klang, if you're in Seremban, you pay so much less than if you're in PJ. People are starting to go to Sungai Bulo. People are starting to go to Serdang Hospital. Yeah. Uh, if you have a car, you can do so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a car, it's difficult. Um, can you imagine if going for your treatment on your follow-up visits uh, all the way 45 minutes to another public hospital is going to be challenging. Yeah, I, and, and when you recently made this call for a public hospital for PJ mm-hmm. Rajiv, um, I think it was also brought up to you that staffing this so-called new hospital would be a major issue, right? Yes. You you would probably be looking at um, poaching um, staff. The healthcare system has staffing issues all yeah. over the country. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's not poaching. Poaching will not be the fair word to describe the situation, but balancing. Uh, balancing the resources that we have. So uh, as the Ministry of Finance is able to locate resources to the Ministry of Health, that resources should be allocated throughout all 32 million people in the country as fairly as possible. Not one area gets premium treatment and another area gets uh, differentiated lower standard treatment. I understand we, we can't get to a higher level immediately uh, overnight, there is a huge financial gap between the service that we provide today and the service that we want to aspire to. But in the meantime, as we slowly make that journey towards that higher level, let's also do it in a manner that is fair throughout the country. So I see PJ being disadvantaged to uh, the other parts of the Klang Valley, but I'm sure if we have conversations with other uh, parts of the country, there could be other parts of the country which are also just as uh, disadvantage in different ways or maybe in the similar way um, as PJ is. So let's let's distribute the limited resources as fairly as possible. So that, that's the point I was trying to make uh, in response to the comment. Mm. So it's not about poaching and all that. Let's, 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 not, I mean, let's not look at it that way, but let's try to distribute. Tansri, your thoughts on how to address the issue of human resources? Actually, uh, if you look at uh, our population, Rich, I just medical doctors alone eh, as an example our doctor to patient ratio I think about 20-30 years ago was something like 1 in 2500, 1 in 3000 to date if I'm not I'm not sure the latest figure I'm definitely sure that is less than 1 is to 400 I think it's about 1 is uh, to 370 or 1 is to 360 which means we got probably 10 times more doctors per person today than we had 
10 or 15 years ago, mm. which means we should be much better off. But so to me, I don't think it's the number of medical personnel which is an issue, or, but how we utilize them is the issue. I think there is a, there, there has to be a re-look at how, and we compare our ratio of one is to 301, uh, for 376 people having one doctor uh, to many other countries in the world, we have done tremendously well. But how are we using these doctors? I think this issue of distribution and uh, utilizing them effectively. For example, recently the crisis in, in university hospital. The, these all are administrative crises. You look at this, I don't think it's numbers. It is purely an administrative crisis which has to be managed in an administrative manner because houseman distribution is done by Kumantan Kasyadu. The health ministry allocates houseman's for the utility in the university hospital. So this issue is how we actually plan our training and our utilities. Um, Rajiv, if we look at private hospitals, though, we can see an imbalance in the provision or the availability of private healthcare services compared to um, the needs for those who can't afford this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think private hospitals will continue to grow uh, to meet a need that people are willing to pay for. Uh, either directly or through insurance or through employee benefits. Uh, there is demand and that's why the supply uh, keeps coming. Mm. I, I, clamping down on them uh, may not make anyone happy, may not solve any problem. We need to tackle the, the shortage that we have. Now, uh, Tan Sri's answer actually surprised me. He's confident that there's sufficient doctors to go around. It's a matter of... Uh, administration um, and and solving that to allocate the doctors properly. So let's talk about then the financing, you know, mm-hmm. which seems to be the crux of all the problems healthcare faces. Like how are we going to deal with this fairly? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to move forward on that? Because government can buy services at private facilities as one of the solutions to move forward or mm-hmm. government can expand its facilities. Uh, how are we going to talk about making uh, payment fairer? Uh, you know, people who have means can pay more uh, closer to what the services actually cost at public hospitals while um, the poor are never left without a safety net. Uh, these are difficult conversations, but quite frankly, it is something that we must deal with. And if we don't deal with it, then we are constantly uh, trying to do this balancing act with resources that are far less than what the public needs to get decent health care. Let's go for another quick break. In the studio with me, my co-host, Dr. George Lee and YB Rajiv Rishikaran, Adun for Bukit Gassing. And joining us on Zoom, Tantri Dr. S. Subramaniam, former health minister. We are discussing what kinds of considerations go into the decision to build a new hospital, a new public hospital for a particular um, community. So uh, stay tuned to our conversation. We'll be right back on Health and Living BFM 89.9.
Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik. Joining me for Doctor in House today, my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant neurologist, and our guests in the studio, YB Rajiv Rishikaran, Bukit Gasing State Assembly member, and on Zoom, Tansri Dr. S. Subramaniam, former Health Minister and Co-Chair of the Health White Paper Advisory Council. And we are discussing some calls that have been made for Pataling Jaya to have its own Ministry of Health public hospital weighed against, you know, we've been hearing for the last half an hour or so, the fact that University Malaya Medical Centre, which is really the only um, public hospital uh, under the Ministry of Higher Education that Pataling Jaya has, is um, not able to really cope with uh, the demands of the residents in Pataling Jaya, parts of KL, um, considering the budget and funding that it gets. And in fact, Tansri, I would like to ask you if you were still Minister of Health or were Minister of Health again today, how would you respond to the needs of Pataling Jaya residents, especially those from the lower income who form the demographic um, of what Ministry of Health has pledged and committed to serve in order to provide healthcare services to those who can't afford uh, to pay for it in the private sector? I think there has got to be a conversation between uh, uh, the leadership within PJ and the government, particularly the Ministry of Higher Education, Ministry of Health, the Finance Ministry, to address the issues which uh, Wabi Rajiv raised just now. He raised an important equity question where he says that, why is that uh, people living in some areas can get treatment at a much more cheaper rate, uh, whilst those which uh, live somewhere else have to pay so many times more within a facility which is uh, perceived to be a public facility, not a private facility. So that is a, a, an issue involving principles of equity and fairness uh, in health care. So this dialogue is important. And to me, the past weeks will be uh, increasing uh, financing for industry hospital. That will be the quick fix. And there must be uh, willingness uh, uh, and awareness, because MOHE per se, the structure and the thinking within MOHE is not to deliver healthcare. We must understand that, because that is not their, their, their basic agenda. Basic agenda of Ministry of Higher Education is to provide higher education. Hmm. Uh, so delivery then... of healthcare is a secondary thing, which is an offshoot of their, of their academic element, where healthcare delivery became part. With it. Yeah, so isn't it contrary then to say that a quick fix would be to pump more f- uh, funds into the university hospital? Because the, the historically, university hospital has performed that function. Yes. And at one time, it was affordable and it could do that function. Mm. But over the years, as health costs became more, technology became more expensive, and, uh, and cost of running the hospital became heavier, the, the budgeting for the hospital did not increase in tandem with that. So now the, the question has to be asked is, is the role of, this is a difficult question sometimes, but it has to be asked and it just be answered. Is the role of university hospital uh, to be a service hospital to the people of this area? Is it is this a policy or not a policy? Mm-hmm. The policy, yes, it is a role that it should be a public hospital providing service to these people, then the funding to make that role effective has to be given. If that role is not there, 
So it's purely a teaching hospital and a, and, and a research center. It doesn't then, then the issues raised by YV Rajiv has to be has to be addressed and the alternate solutions. That's why I'm saying, so long as this perception that university hospital have plays a role as a service hospital to the people around the area, then you need to fund it to make sure that it functions that's role more effective. Mm. We start with yeah. the, the first question. Yeah, so, so Tantri's right on the question. That, and university hospitals, not just the one in PJ, but UKM, USM and so on, played the primary role of training the next generation of doctors, medical research, very, very important things. Do not ever lose sight of that important role that, that you play in society mm-hmm. to all the um, medical, uh, sorry, all the university hospitals out there. But if the Ministry of Health wants them to provide general healthcare services in that location, then either the government could give them more funding directly or the Ministry of Health could help purchase these services from the university hospitals to serve the public, which the Ministry of Health is ultimately, at least at the way I see it, the Ministry of Health should be equally responsible to all 32 million people living in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so not to say the Ministry of Higher Education uh, takes care of certain towns, uh, certain areas of the country and will take care of the rest. The Ministry of Health probably should aspire to take care of everyone just the same. And so Ministry of Health can purchase these services, but it requires more funding. Mm. Uh, but the question is valid and, and, the, and the role uh, that these hospitals play are real. So if Ministry of Health wants to build another hospital, great. Ministry of Health wants to build their own hospital somewhere in a different part of PJ to serve the same uh, population. I think that's great. Uh, if they want to purchase the services of the current university hospital, I think that's great as well. Mm. And uh, either way, uh, that is a win for the people of PJ. But um, either way, that we clearly have identified today that we cannot put this question aside. It's a difficult question, but we should answer this question. Mm-hmm. Tansri, what I hear is just a gridlock, right? So let's put you on the spot again with Xiao Eight's question. If you were the Ministry of Health again, you know, how likely are you going to approve this hospital for PJ? No, as I told you, the first thing, of course, I would say is to strengthen university hospital. That will be a thing which is easily doable compared to trying to build a new hospital, right? Because there's an existing facility. The issue here is financing and uh, is how you're going to resolve this financing issue. You see, all, the whole element of healthcare in our country, the biggest challenge which is the center of our healthcare delivery system is healthcare financing. And as I told you before, as I said just now, uh, we have given this idea to Malaysians that the public health system will continue to deliver healthcare at all levels, free of charge at point of delivery. But can we, this is a political question and I think politicians we have avoided addressing this topic for a long, long time, is can we continue with this system, right? This is the main issue. And there's only two ways about it. Either the government increases the budget, which is not like we are spending in the public sector, we are spending about 2.6% of GDP in the public. Total, we are spending about 44 to 4.5% of GDP. But in the public sector, we are putting 
And that, we have said, is too little. We have said the public sector should spend about 5% of GDP. That means we are saying the public sector should double its expenditure. Double its expenditure. We are saying double its expenditure, we can say. But can the government afford it? Definitely the government can't afford it. We are stuck with this. So unless we have alternate sources of funding. So if alternate sources funding, this is a political issue. Are we brave enough? To, I tell you, during my time, I think, Sakti, you know this, uh, there was a time we wanted to increase in public hospitals the fees which we are charging. You know, that $1 we wanted to increase. The charges are there. But the, 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 just one week before the implementation, we were forced to stop it because... We were scared politically that this this issue cannot be taken forward. So it is it, it all depends whether we are politically strong enough to make this very bold decision where we transform the health care financing so that we will have more money to spend for health and address all these issues, human resource issues, mm -hmm. building issues, machine issues, all the issues. The central core is money. And how do you really get this extra money? All right. And Rajiv, then let me put you on the spot as All a right. final question. Um, the Pakatan government is part of um, Madani government, um, which do you think they have the political stability and courage to make these difficult decisions? I think political stability, definitely. But it's still a very difficult decision. It's a decision that uh, you now have to bring 19 political parties to the consensus <laughs> before you can proceed uh, to do so it's it's more challenging when then when Tansri was the Minister of Health uh, it was politically would have been easier back then <laughs> than it would be today uh, to bring such uh, drastic reform mm -hmm. it we, we probably can't run away for long uh, as inflation goes up as doctors uh, want to be earning their fair wage and mm -hmm as the private sector calls on our medical personnel, not just the private sector within Malaysia, but the private sector in the countries around us. Mm -hmm. uh, if we don't do something, we might deteriorate from where we are today and, and not just hold steady. So I, I personally advocate that this discussion should be uh, brought to the forefront. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I am also pragmatic that I don't think that this change will happen uh, so easily, so soon, until we can successfully build consensus across the country on uh, the new model and on why we need to do that. Because any new model puts financial pressure on the people. Uh, people will have to pay mm -hmm. in one way or the other more into either the system directly through some national... Uh, health insurance or pay more in actual fees when they walk into a, a hospital or pay more in general taxation. But one way or the other, if more money is to go into the public healthcare system, then more money needs to come out of our individual pockets. And, and that's a difficult decision. We've, we've seen the government really tread very slowly on the petrol subsidies. And if they finally pull the plug and do it, um, that might be maybe enough pain for one term mm -hmm. and they might not be so willing to do it the second round Yes or no answer in looking at a crystal ball <laughs> in the next 10 years, are you going to get this hospital for PJ residents? I, I, I prefer to look at it from a era. So I, I would say in this term, no, but I'm hopeful that in the next term, we either get this hospital 
or we fix the capacity as well as the uh, financing structure of university hospital. Either way is possible. So no new hospital is fine if we increase the capacity of university mm. hospital. But not increasing the capacity of university hospital and not building a new hospital, that will put PJ in a worse situation mm -hmm. as the years go by as PJ further ages uh, in the coming decade. My advice to YB Rajiv uh, as a elder politician is Please to, to achieve something today a term is to fight for university hospital. All right. Fight for extra funding for university hospital and say that university hospitals should become more affordable to the ordinary people who are living there. And uh, uh, and I think you will stand a higher chance of success in doing that rather than fighting for a new hospital. Okay. So at least you will see some success uh, in your... Okay. At the end of politics, is how much success we get in our turn. Okay. So so you'll get uh, more success in doing that. All right. All right. The yeah. second point, which I want to make, which is I told you, when we were, we, we were explaining the health wipe paper to the member of parliament, so I told them one thing, that MPs must be more realistic and more responsible. And don't sell this idea that healthcare will always be free to their constitutions as a political tool. I think they have to actually prime their mind to say that this free thing might not last for long. Mm -hmm. And that sooner or later, we should be ready to pay something. If they can do that politically, then at the time or point of implementation, it will be easier. But the problem is politicians always go and say, I'll get this thing free and get this thing free. That's a great. Once you give that discourse, to change this discourse to a more realistic thing will be very, very difficult. I think that is also very important. So those are two of my last uh, points for your discussion today. Thank you very, Thank much. You very much. Tan Sri, Dr. S. Subramaniam, former Health Minister and YB Rajiv Rishikaran, Adun for Bukit Gassing, and my co-host Dr. George Lee discussing the very, very difficult question of whether PJ should have its own public hospital. This has been Health and Living on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.